following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean, joining us live from Skype. Um, we're, we're, I mean, figuring this this whole uh, remote podcasting gimmick out. You know, we we have trouble. Yeah, you think we would have started the remote thing back when all this shit started? Here we are doing it well after the fact for reasons not not related. Yeah, yeah, re- reasons not related to to the vid. But uh, we're we're here doing the remote podcasting gimmick uh, live on Skype here. I got Tyler in his uh, wonderful, um, spacious abode there. And uh, Tyler, w- welcome back to the uh, the the party here. Uh, we had we had some fun times ye- last week dealing with the Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Facebook no live. more Facebook Live. Yeah, man, it was booting you off and all kinds of stuff. Now it seems like we've got a pretty good connection. I think Skype's the way to go. And uh, yeah, we're we're ready to rock and roll. Week one of the NFL season in the books. Uh, I got to tell you, this week, week one. This was the first time in a, like a, a week one, really since we started this podcast, that I have been taken by surprise with uh, an entire uh, slot of games. All of the upsets this week. I mean, we were bad in our it's picks. Holy week! Like this seems to happen every 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 year. Week one, here we are. Holy week one. It's nuts already. Yeah. But we we've never had a situation where like week one rolled around and we only got like four or five games right. And I think that happened this week. Well, it's not quite that bad. We got you got eight, I got nine. But it, it was it was bad. But but we, it was some of the one so it was one of it was some of the obvious ones that you thought would go one way are the ones that got went went backwards. Right. Uh, we were we were just um, I was flabbergasted by the amount of upsets that took place this weekend, uh, the amount of really close games that went on this weekend there were there were two really really uh close games went into overtime between you know we had my viking uh, both of our teams really the vikings yep. and the ravens both went into overtime this week uh, and losing efforts i mean we'll get to that in a minute it's just it's been a wild ride so far um we've got a lot around the bend here so um i'm gonna go ahead and jump right into these uh these scores here around the nfl um tyler are you ready Yes, I am. All right. Well, here's your scores for week one in the NFL. We're going in starting with the Cowboys in the box. Uh, Thursday night football, first game of the season. The Buccaneers defeat the Cowboys 31 to 29. Um, loving this game. It was fun to watch. It came down to a last minute field goal for Ryan Suckup. Cowboys did a lot better than I expected them to do in this football game. I expected this to be a blowout. Absolutely, and, and this game was it, start, it. It started off looking like it was going to be a, a, an onslaught by the Bucks, but then it settled out, and Dak and the offense got got to business. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a train wreck. Uh, I really did, and and really the Dak Prescott looked, uh, I mean, really great. He looked better than he's looked in a long time. Um, very surprised with that. Next up, we got the Seahawks and the Colts. Seahawks beat the Colts twenty-eight sixteen. A pretty one-sided affair. We sort of expected that with the quarterback situation with the Colts. Um, Seahawks looked good on offense, did not look good on defense. 
Um, they're going to need to get some. Uh, they're going to need to get to work here on that de- that defense. But the Colts' offense did not did not come to play. Um, so the Seahawks go out and defeat the Colts. Next up, a surprise: the Texans go out and defeat the Jaguars, thirty-seven to twenty-one. I'm I'm amazed by this. With Tyrod Taylor at the helm, right? And and the Texans' defense came to play. I couldn't believe it. They're, without J.J. Watt, the Texans' defense looks better than they looked with J.J. Watt. It's insane. Um, they they looked phenomenal. Played great ball. The the uh, the big story for me was was Trevor Lawrence really just he struck it right up to touchdowns. It was a mess. Um, the Texans go out and dominate. Very surprised by this football game. Uh, next up, you got Eagles and Falcons. Eagles come up big. Another huge surprise. Um, Hurts looked good in this game. The Falcons struggled on offense mightily. Actually, really in all facets of the game. In all facets, because this Eagles team we thought was going to be a, not a good offense, not a good defense, and they own both sides of the ball. Yeah, they, they dominated. Uh, Hertz looked great. Um, Matt Ryan looked rough. It was probably his roughest outing that I've, I've seen him in, and I've he- seen him in some bad ones. This is the worst outing I've ever seen from Matt Ryan. Um, just a horrible stat line in this game. Uh, next up, Chargers and the, the uh, Washington football team. Chargers win 20-16. to 16. Uh, <clears throat> Herbert looked good, but the uh, the Washington football team did, you know, they – they kept up right up until the last minute, but but Herbert looked looked pretty solid. Not as good as I expected him to, but at the same time, it is that that strong Washington defense. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down in this game. Uh, the Tyler Heineke experiment's getting ready to to jump into effect here, but the Chargers. We'll see if, we'll see if you're right on him. Yeah, we'll see if I was right, but the Chargers uh, jump out and and they look good. Uh, Herbert gets it done against a very, very tough Washington defense um, this week. Uh, next up, you got the uh, another upset, big upset. Steelers over the Bills. Um, surprise, surprise. Steelers with no running game still get it done against the Bills, 23-16. Both teams struggled offensively, but the, it was the defense on both sides that, that was really the story in this one. Josh Allen got off to a weirdly slow start. I'm surprised that he got off to such a slow start. Um, I, I don't know if this is what it is going to set the tempo for this upcoming season, but Josh Allen getting off to such a slow start really caught me by surprise here. Uh, I, I'm I'm not surprised that the Bills didn't have much of a running game going on. Uh, Devin Singletary did get some yardage, but not a lot. The Bills need a running back. We've been saying this for a while. They need a running back. A, a, a one that was a blowout, really, and, and the, the score does not show how big of a blowout this game was. Um, the 49ers defeat the Lions 41 to 13. Um, man, what what a rough outing for the Lions. They were down what 38 to 10 by halftime. It was ugly. Um, 49ers took their foot off the gas, only put up three points in the second half. They they really let the Lions kind of come back in this one a little bit. Uh, Goff got a lot of passing yards in that game, and the Lions did not look good. Except for that last two minutes, definitely was interesting. Though all of a sudden, the, the team got hot. And... Yeah, it was strange. It was strange. It was just a really, really weird outing. Uh, I, I mean, the fight, the 49ers running game 
I mean, I feel like no matter what running back they put in there, that that uh, that running back is going to be successful. Am I wrong? You are absolutely correct. Yeah. Um, next up, another upset. Uh, Bengals defeat the Vikings 27-24. I was at this game. Uh, it was brutal. 90 degrees out there. It was a hot one. Uh, Bengals win by a, an overtime field goal. Um, wild game. Uh, it was. It was. I mean, it tugged at my heartstrings. I, I'm upset that the Vikings lost. Now, Tyler, I got to go back to Cincinnati because I didn't get to see him win in Cincinnati, which is on the bucket list. So now I got to go back to Cincinnati, which I'm not totally angry about. I I think you might want to modify to just go into every stadium because they're not going to be back for eight years. Oh, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to see him win in every stadium. It'll I'm be gonna... eight years. So uh, every so... AFC team is going to be eight years. <clears throat> wait, wait, would it be eight or four? Eight, because in four years they're going to be in Minnesota. Oh yeah, that's right. So, well, if it's eight years, it's eight years. But um, I'm I'm gonna go and I'm gonna see this happen. I want to see him win in every stadium. That's that's the goal. That's the dream. I'll make it work. Next up, you got the Jets losing a tough one to the Panthers, 1914. The Josh Darnold revenge game. What was your take on Josh Darnold? He he looked oh, better than he's ever looked in Jets. So I'll start with that. Now that he has a team around him. They got some work to do because they should have they should have beat the Jets by more. But I'm I'm not mad at his first game. No, I, I'm not mad at it. Um, he didn't. He he. I don't feel like he's a complete scheme fit. There were a couple occasions where he was trying to run the football, and uh, it just didn't work out. Um, and and I think he put up negative one yard. He's not a running quarterback. I don't think he's got the speed that everybody you know needs him to have over there. Uh, he's yeah. definitely not Cam or anything. But he gets it done. 1914. He says it's not vindication enough for him. He wants a winning season. Do you think Sam Darnold puts up a winning season over there? I think it's possible, but they got they got some they got some improvements to do. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, next out, another upset. Cardinals defeat the Titans thirty-eight to thirteen. What a blowout! Uh, I couldn't believe what I was what I was watching. Um, horrendous, absolutely horrendous. The Titans' defense played awful. Their offense was terrible. Uh, Derrick Henry could not get going. This was an ugly like. Bowling shoe, ugly game for the Titans. Tyler, are the Cardinals for real? I, I think they might be. I've, I've been big on Cardinals. I was, I was high on them last year, and I, and I, I think they're going to go deep this year. I, I put them as my uh, as my uh, NFC Super Bowl pick. Yeah, the the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray looked great. They they really had it going on. He was hitting uh, receivers all over the place. He he looked like a, a monster. Very impressed with this Cardinals team, 38-13, and especially their defense. Their defense looked great as well. Uh, next up, the Chiefs squeeze one out against the, the Browns, 33-29. The Browns had control of this game. Um, they, they drop a punt. Chiefs take control, drive downfield, get the score. Wow. What what a fun game to it, watch. It feels so reminiscent of their playoff game just because the same thing. Browns are in control, then at the end, Chiefs just go and take care of business. Yep, and, and that's what you see. The, uh, a special teams gaffe uh, winds up getting the Browns beaten this, in this situation. Both teams looked good. Um, I mean, if I'm Browns fans right now, I'm realizing that this, this Browns team is definitely for real. Even in the losing effort. They look. They they fought with the the uh, reigning AFC champions to the bitter end. So uh, I think the Brownies are gonna gonna have some fun this year. I think they're gonna wind up doing well. Um, next up, the Dolphins over the Patriots. 
I didn't expect this game to be as close as it was. Uh, both quarterbacks looked a little rough, but Mac Jones still looked better than Tua did. Uh, Jalen Waddle gets his first touchdown of the year in this game. Tyler, are the Dolphins a, a good football team, or are the Patriots just that much improved? I think they're both in the same plane. They're both about the same. That they're, they're they'll both be around 800 or so, or 500 or so. Yeah, I think they're they're both middle of the road teams. Um, I want to see if the the Dolphins are are capable of putting up more points on the board. Tua looked a little rough, but the Patriots had a lot of veteran guys coming back. Jalen Waddle looked good. Uh, we'll see if the Dolphins can continue that streak uh, moving forward. Next up, you got the Broncos over the Giants. This is one the only game that you and I differed on. Broncos beat the Giants 27-13. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked good. Uh, Jerry Judy walks out of this game with a high ankle sprain. Daniel Jones looked rough as per norm. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I know you're really big on Teddy. I'm, I like Teddy a lot, but I, I wasn't as big on him. I'm still a little nervous about the the knee issue that he's had over the course of the last several years. Um, are the Broncos contenders, do you think? Or do you think this is just them walloping on a bad team? I think that I don't think they're contenders, but I think this is a clear indication that Bridgewater is three times the quarterback that Drew Locke is. Yeah, I, I would agree. Because I think if Drew Locke was in this game, this game was would be even closer or would be an L. Because Broncos were struggling with even the, even the bad teams last year. Right. So Broncos wind up with a victory here. They start the season 1-0. and um, Another surprise upset. The Saints go out and absolutely eviscerate the Green Bay Packers 38-13. Jameis Winston, he only throws for about 150 yards on the day, but 38-3, he gets five passing touchdowns. Um, he didn't do much. You could tell Sean Payton was limiting his the amount of throws that he was going to make. He went 16 for 20, but uh, five passing touchdowns. Maybe Sean Payton's figured it out. Make him throw the ball as little as humanly possible, and you won't see all the interceptions. Now, uh, next up, you got the Rams and the Bears. Rams go out and dominate. Matt Stafford, I love the swagger from Matt Stafford. He looked fantastic in this game. Stafford comes out. He's, he looks so in control. Um, this is a completely different Matt Stafford than we saw in Detroit. Am I wrong? I wouldn't say completely different, but now he's got the weapons. Because to me, he's always been a first ballot Hall of Fame type quarterback. And, and now he's got the team to showcase it. And he's going to run wild. Well, I don't know. That, see, then that's where I, I, I don't know. I was watching that game and watching him walk onto the field. The Rams and the folks in L.A., they look at this guy like he's a superstar. And they treat him like the superstar he is. I feel like it's a complete culture shock for him. I feel like he's he's uh, uh, a, a changed man. He, he looks like a new man. He looks like no, a he, he he definitely does his, his appearance. I think his plays is about the same, but he's got more weapons to do it. But I think the, the, the his appearance is different because he finally feels like he's got a team that he, he feels confident he, he in, and he feels confident he, he can go and do things with. Right, and and there's just that that swagger. I loved it. He he was all strutting ass right out onto the field there. Uh, he looked great, um, great plays. He was calm. He was collected. He was in control. Uh, this is the most control I've seen him have over an offense since he, he entered the league. He, I mean, he was never in, fully in control of that Lions offense. And now this offense, you can tell, he is completely in control. His brain is in the game. He's focused. I love this version of Matt Stafford. Um, and, and the Rams were my Super Bowl pick 
for the uh, the NFC side anyway. They were they were my Super Bowl pick. So I, I I'm still calling the Rams. I think Matt Stafford's going to show the world um, what he's made of. I don't know if he's MVP. I, he could very well be if he continues to play like he did. But man, impressive, absolutely impressive. The Bears struggled. Andy Dalton looked like garbage. Uh, this this was a uh, a rough go for this Bears team. Um, now, last but not least, last night, Monday Night Football, the Raiders beat the Ravens in overtime. Uh, Tyler, this one no, was wild overtime, too. Wild overtime, yeah. You guys had control of this game early on. The Raiders come firing back. Derek Carr looked strong. Um, Darren Waller also looked strong. Really loving what the Raiders did in this game. Uh, Derek Carr looks like a, a hero, man. People are, are over here saying that he's uh, Mr. Clutch. I don't know how how true that is, or but but he looked like a, a, a hero, and apparently this was I think his 25th game-winning drive in his entire career. Which man, I'm impressed with how Derek. Well, Carr- me and you have me and you have both been big fans of Derek Carr for a long time, so it just to me yeah. um, his performance doesn't surprise me. I think the, 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 the performance surprise is more on the Raven side. Which yeah, uh, Lamar. They had a, they had a, they had a lot of injuries. Lamar looked fine. I'm mean, the two fumbles, but but the rest of his play was fine. But defensively, is the big issue, I think. I was surprised that they were throwing the ball as much as they were. There was there was a lot of throwing going on, especially early on. Lamar was throwing the ball all the time, and and I was a little surprised and a little taken aback by that. Uh, Tyson Williams looked good. I was surprised they didn't run him more. Yeah, in the second half they moved more towards Murray. Right. It was it was just a strange situation. Latavius Murray did get a touchdown in that game. But um, yeah, those and, and that that was our, our Monday night football game. So folks, those are your scores for week one in the NFL. Tyler, we're moving in here to your special territory. Uh, we're we're looking at uh, Tyler's top ten. Are you ready for it? Absolutely. All right, folks, let's get ready for Tyler's Top 10. Tyler's Top 10. All right. Tyler, I, I'm uh, excited for this. We've been we're back to football. I feel like I feel like it's we're, we're it's not football season without you having your top 10. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's not. And, and I feel like like. Doing the top ten and forgotten five—it's—it's just—it always brings a, a warm feeling inside. So here we go, Tyler's top ten. Hit me. All right, number ten, Dak Prescott. I know it threw the ball fifty-eight times, but he looked. Dak looked like like a guy who who never got hurt. He got he went out there and and tried his hardest out to outduel Tom Brady, and from a stat perspective, he did. Um, four hundred three yards, three three touchdowns, and a pick. Yeah, he looked good. Uh, Dak was, you know, I'm not surprised that he looked good because I know Dak Prescott's a good player. And last year he performed really well before the injury. Um, I wanted to see how good he was going to be after having his his foot turned on backwards. Um, but, you know, realistically, he almost outdueled Tom Brady and and that Tampa Bay defense. He, he almost put them out of their misery. And uh, realistically, Tom Brady... He got he got a little lucky there because had Godwin been called for that offensive pass interference, I don't know that we're having the same conversation about the Bucks beating the Cowboys. Uh, 
Godwin should have been flagged. It was definitely definitely OPI. But to your point that you always make, you never put it in the referee's hands. And and you always take the game into your own hands. Um, but Dak Prescott, he looked fantastic. I loved everything he did. Um, just looked like a, a star. And uh, he looked like he's starting to be worth every bit of that big contract that they gave him. I I absolutely agree on that one. Number nine, a guy that's becoming a sort of a celebrity in the Tyler's top 10, Christian McCaffrey, 187 yards from scrimmage on 21 carries and nine receptions. McCaffrey is always in the top 10. He always looks good. Um, he That offense runs through him, and if he's on the field, he's going to see more looks and more touches than anybody else, any of the receivers, any of the other running backs. Uh, he, he's probably seeing more touches than the majority of the quarterbacks, to be honest with you at this point, he, they might I mean, as well, tw- yeah, he, he, 21 carries. So he's, he's, he's got the ball on, on the ground as, as often as a, as a full-time running back, but then still had ha- still got nine receptions. Right. Uh, he's, he, that whole offense is his offense. And then he's the star of that team. I like Christian McCaffrey. Um, the question about his health, you know, he's been healthy up until last year. I want to see if he can come back. From that, that yeah, group. and I think last year, like technically, he was uh, he was he was on and off. I think he I think it was very much uh, coming back too soon and fight the same injury all season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I think he's a, a he's an enigmatic player. I, I think he's he's the type of guy that that uh, is just going to keep firing back and, and coming back for more. I'm impressed with McCaffrey so far. Uh, I want to see if he can continue doing what he's doing over there with uh, Carolina and maybe help Sam Darnold take it to the next level. Number eight, Russell Wilson, 18 for 23, 254 yards and four touchdowns. Russell looked good. Um, that offense keeps humming. Uh, that, and it's primarily the passing offense, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, although Lockett did go down in that game. Uh, DK Metcalf looking strong. Um, and, and, uh, Russ doing what Russ does. I mean, he's showing why he's a, a potential MVP for later on this year. Um, I really like Russell Wilson. Um, I, I hate him and I love him. I, I love the way he plays ball, but I hate him because, you know, he always gives the Vikings fits. Um, he's a great player and, uh, watching, watching him this past week, I, I watched the highlights of that game. He looks strong as per the norm. And, uh, he's going to be a constant on this list. I think all year long. Number seven, Amari Cooper, 13 receptions, 139 yards and two touchdowns. Surprising, but not. Uh, him coming back from an injury, looking strong, got in the end zone twice. Um, Dak likes looking his way. We know that. I liked what he did. I thought he looked good. Uh, I think C.D. Lamb's sort of nipping at his heels right now as far as, as who the number one is going to be in Dallas. But... Uh, Realistically, I and and I think to be honest, I think C.D. Lamb is going to wind up at some point being the number one in Dallas. Um, after after Coop decides he's gonna gonna take off or whether Dallas. Well, it's a good problem to have. It is. It's a very good problem to have. I think they they could argue that they have one of the best one two punches in the business right now. So I I, I think that they're both uh, solid. But Amari Cooper looked damn good on uh, Thursday night. All right, number six. All right, say it with me, Scott. Debo! Debo! We love Debo Samuel around here. Nine receptions, 189 yards, and a touchdown. In his yeah. return game, injury all last season. Yeah, Debo, uh, uh, 
they they like to talk about Debo as though um, that there's an argument right now about why Debo Samuel was getting so many looks and why Brandon Ayuk wasn't getting hardly anything. His playing time was reduced because Debo was there. Frankly, I think Debo's the better receiver. Um, he I think definitely is. I think Ayuk's good. I, I think Debo's great, and I think they're they're a good one too. Ayuk shouldn't be worried about his playing time, and neither should the 49ers fans. Uh, Debo Samuel's your guy. <clears throat> I think he gets a lot of um, – he doesn't get enough credit for, for what he can do based on his injury history. But Debo Samuel's going to be a, a wonderful player on this team for a long time as long as they keep him around. I like Debo Samuel. I think he's great in trick plays. Uh, he played really, really well this past weekend. I mean, really against a shoddy Lions defense, let's be real. I mean, the Lions are not good on the defensive side of the football. But he still looked really, really good, um, especially with Okuda going down with a ruptured Achilles. You know that that had to kill the uh, the Lions there. All right, number five, Tyreek Hill, another uh, long stay on this list. Eleven yep. receptions, 197 yards, and a touchdown. Huge game, no surprise. Uh, he's he's the number one guy over there. There's there's a new meme that that has shown up about about Patrick Mahomes online that says uh, fuck it Tyreek down there somewhere I'll just throw it up and and he uh, Patrick Mahomes acknowledged that meme in the post game news conference because that is basically what he's been doing fuck it Tyreek's down there let me just throw it up there and hope for the best and it's, Ty- uh, it's Tyreek or Kelsey yep and Tyreek just keeps keeps coming up with it over and over again on those deep passes. Uh, big playability as per the norm. He's constantly on your list. Um, and I don't blame you for having him there. I mean, he is a beast. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this. Tyree kill looked really good this weekend. And, uh, I want to see if he can continue that. I'm sure he can, as long as he keeps out of that injury situation, he's been hurt a lot, uh, especially like last year, he was, he was suffering some from, from some injury bugs. I want to see if Tyree kill can shake those and, uh, you know, prove that he is uh, the man over there again. Number four, Matt Stafford, 20 for 26, 321 yards and three touchdowns. Like I said, swagger, 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 baby. He looked so damn good. I can't get over how good Matt Stafford looked in that game on Sunday. I understand it's the Bears, um, but I just saw a guy that was fully 100% in command of his football team and in command of his offense, he made me just, I I was laughing going, God, why can't I have a quarterback like that? Because he just looked freaking incredible. And I, frankly, I was thrilled to have him on my fantasy team. He just, he was just in control and he was strutting ass out on the field. And, and you could tell there's a degree of respect. LA treats him like a superstar. And Detroit never did that. And now he's being treated like a superstar and he's acting like one and he's controlling that team and he's controlling that offense. I love everything that he's doing over there. Matt Stafford is a superstar. And I have a really, really good feeling that if he stays healthy, that Rams team could could find themselves in the Super Bowl. And I, I predicted them there and I believe they're going to stay there. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. 27 for 36, 337 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, but he had a rushing touchdown as well, so four total. Yeah, M- Patty Mahomes is always on your list as well. 
Uh, it's hard to count him out. He's always having big games. He's a star. Again, another situation where I'm going, why can't I have a quarterback like that? Um, I, I mean, all teams could be so lucky. He looked damn good. Always does with that, with the mobility, with the arm strength. Um, I mean, and, and he, he won a close one against a very, very tough Cleveland team, but he got it done. He comes through. He's probably, in my opinion, he's one of the most, if not the most clutch quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, the, the, the Chiefs have had to come back from deficits constantly, and Patrick Mahomes is always the guy to get him out of those situations. Um, I really love it. I, I think Patrick Mahomes was was fantastic this weekend again, and uh, I expect the, I, I don't expect them to be playing from behind or or having game winning drives like this. But I expect that when those situations come up, Patrick Mahomes is going to get it done, and he did this weekend. Number two. Kyler Murray, 21 for 32, 289, four touchdowns, one interception, plus a rushing touchdown, so five total. It was the upset of the weekend. I mean, Kyler just looked so good. He was he was moving everywhere. He was throwing the ball all over the place. He was, I mean, he played so well against a, a very formidable Titans team. I'm surprised that the Titans got blown out as bad as they did. Um, this this game was was just mind-blowing to me. Um, never, we both predicted Titans in this situation, mind you. Never saw a blowout central coming. So, I, mean, I almost picked Cardinals, but I didn't see the blowout. Yeah. No, I, I saw this to be a tight one, and it turned out to be blowout central. So um, Cardinals get it done, 38-13. Kyler looked great. I, I, I agree with this. He just, he was phenomenal. Um, if this is, like, how it's going to look, the Cardinals have the QB of the future, and the Cardinals are going to be the team to beat in the NFC for a long time. And number one, I went different on this one just because of the stat lines. We talk too much all the time about offenses because they're all, they're all just balling out now the way, the way the pass games are now. But number one, Chandler Jones, five sacks, two forced fumbles. It's almost unheard of. Five sacks in a single game. Uh, again, this is this is that Arizona Cardinals defense. Chandler Jones and I'm I'm terrified right now because the Vikings play Chandler Jones this week, and our offensive line looked miserable. Um, and and Chandler Jones, like I saw that stat show up while I was sitting at Paul Brown Stadium this past weekend. I went, holy shit! Five sacks in a single game. What is going on? And and it. It makes you wonder what in the hell is going on with Rabel and the, the Titans offense right now. It makes you wonder what the hell is going on with their offensive line right now because they haven't had these problems in the past. And, and they notoriously have had one of the better offensive lines in this, in this game, especially with Derrick Henry being their top running back. I'm surprised. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I'm just flabbergasted by the fact that Chandler Jones was such a sack monster this, this past week. Uh, makes you wonder you know, uh, uh, what they're doing over there because last year it was Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick wound up leaving and now Chandler Jones is just on fire. So, uh, going to be interesting to see if, if the Cardinals can continue this trend. Now, remember we did see this type of trend with Shaq Barrett and the Bucks last year. So we, we did get that. Um, so it makes you wonder if, if this is a Cardinal scheme thing or if Chandler Jones is just that good, but we're, we're going to find out. Um, if, if he's that guy, we're, we're going to see. 
So um, that would be all for Tyler's top 10. But next up, Tyler, ah, we're not done yet. We've got a little segment we like to call Freytown's Forgotten Fun. Freytown's Forgotten Five. And uh, Tyler, I found five players that I think were very much worth um, mentioning and, and worth being in the Forgotten Five. Um, guys that you may have glossed over, and uh, I, I like these guys a lot. Moving into the Forgotten Five, um, Vikings linebackers, Nick Vigil and Eric Kendricks um, were, the, were the two guys I wanted to talk about. Uh, Kendricks had 15 total tackles. Vigil had 10 tackles and a sack in that game. Uh, 25 combined tackles and a sack uh, for the Vikings linebackers. You gotta love what the Vikings defense is is capable of. The defense actually looked really, really good this weekend. Um, in spite of the fact that there were 27 points on the board, a lot of that wasn't their fault. The offense could not sustain a drive. I mean, they're not going to stop everything, really. They're they're just not. A defense is not going to stop everything if the offense is not sustaining a drive. But uh, those two guys in particular, and and I heard Nick Vigil's name called over the PA system over and over and over and over again. It was nonstop. Uh, he his his name kept getting called, and and I don't know what in the hell that was all about. But they were targeting Nick Vigil, and Nick Vigil laid into the, those guys. Um, he was making hits all over the field. Very impressed with the Vikings linebacker squad. Uh, number four goes to Melvin Gordon. 11 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. That's a 9.2 average. 9.2. Gordon's really looking to uh, push out um, any, any chance of, of him losing his starting job. Yeah, he looked so damn good. I mean, granted, I, I understand it was against the Giants. Um, I'm not surprised that it was against the Giants. But a 9.2 average is is nothing to sneeze at. Um Melvin Gordon looking strong. He knows Javante Williams is kind of nipping at his heels. And, and uh, yeah, I think that, that uh, he is going to continue to be a monster over there um, as long as he knows that Javante is there. Uh, number three goes to a guy you've got on fantasy, David Montgomery, 16 carries, 108 yards and a touchdown. He had a 6.8 average on the day. Um, he carried sort of a full workload, but he, he did it against a very, very tough Rams defense, which is why I moved him up higher on the list than Melvin Gordon, who had the better average. Um, he just he, he took on a very tough run defense in the L.A. Rams. He, he did, and he got it done, um, and I was pretty impressed with it. So David Montgomery winds up as number three. Number two goes to a surprise, Antonio Brown. Five receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't even see him coming. Nobody did. It came out of nowhere. Yeah, I, nobody saw him coming. Um, I was a little flabbergasted by the whole thing. I mean, really, five receptions, 121, and a touchdown. Uh, he looked so freaking good. And and maybe all it took was was a uh, uh, you know uh, an off season with old Tom Brady there. But he got it done. He looked great. Gotta love it. Antonio Brown, five receptions, 121, and a touchdown. And last but not least, number one goes to Joe Mixon. 29 carries, definitely carrying the load there for the, the Bengals. 127 yards, a touchdown. He also had four receptions for 23 yards. 
Mixon looked good against a very, very tough Vikings defense. A lot of people are saying, you know, losing their minds. Oh, the Vikings, you know, and I know it's out on Vikings Twitter. But a lot of them are going, oh, we we gave up uh, 150 yards on the ground. And it was just a mess. You know what? They gave up 150 ground, ground yards, but Mixon carried the ball 29 times in that game. So the Vikings defense actually did a pretty good job of, of hanging on to him. But Joe Mixon still got 127 yards, a touchdown, four receptions for 23. I mean, nothing to be mad about, nothing to sneeze at. He did a really good job with that. So we've got that one. And he now leads the league in rushing yards. Um, moving on to the forgetful five, which I know is your favorite segment of the, the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, love, you love me shitting on people. That's what it is. Especially because when you know, like in those times when Josh Rosen used to be on the list, I know you loved it. Well, I'll hope he still might. <laughs> He's—I don't even think he's signed right now, is he? I think um, he's on Arizona. There's no way he's back with Arizona. No way. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's not Arizona. Maybe it's Niners. I knew he was with. Well, the Niners dumped him too in the off season. So I don't know. I don't think Falcons. He's, he's with the Falcons. Yep. Oh my lord. Um, well, for the forgetful five, Josh Rosen didn't make the list because he didn't play at all. But uh, number five goes to Andy Dalton, 27 for 38, 206 and a pick. He had a rough day against a very, very tough Rams defense. Um, and, and that's kind of what I've grown to expect. I, 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 the Rams defense has just been phenomenal. Andy Dalton, I have a feeling he's going to get benched after two or three games. Um, and they're going to put Justin Fields in and hope for the best. Um, I still think Fields is a bust, but hey, whatever. We'll see how it works out. But Andy Dalton looked a little rough against uh, one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, number four, the Vikings offensive line. They had 10 penalties in the first half alone. 10. How is that a thing? 10 penalties. That's, that's a lot. <clears throat> that's a lot. They They also, four of those penalties came in the first Five plays. <clears throat> they had three false starts and a hold in the first five plays. Uh, just a horrible, abysmal, uh, it, just miserable day for them. And I, I was embarrassed. Um, I mean, watching all those penalties and, and, I mean, Rashad Hill is not a starter on that team, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <clears throat> number three goes to Najee Harris. Uh, 16 carries, 45 yards. He had a 2.8 average. Najee did not look good in this game. Uh, I was surprised, but also the Steelers have not done anything to address the pieces that they lost on their offensive line. So I'm not completely surprised by the fact that Najee Harris um, only got 45 yards in that game. Um, I understand the Bills' defense is a little stingy against the run, but you expected more out of old Najee Harris uh, being the big bowling ball type runner that he is. Uh, number two goes to your boy. Matt Ryan, 21 for 35 for 164 yards. Matt Ryan looked rough, Tyler. Whole offense looked rough. Yeah. But Matt Ryan especially. He did, he, yeah, he did not look good. Um, 164 yards is not Matt Ryan numbers. A uh, little surprised that Calvin Ridley wasn't more involved. A little surprised that Kyle Pitts wasn't more involved. It was just a bad performance by that offense all around, and, and they wound up getting blown out in that game. But the big one. And this is gonna, this is mind blowing that he's actually number one on this list, and and I can't believe it. Aaron Rodgers. 
I know. I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 15 for 28, 133 yards, two interceptions. He wound up with a 36.8 rating. Now, let me let me just mention, okay, <clears throat> he winds up with a 36.8 rating. The, the metrics on that say that if he wound up with a, if he were to like throw every pass into the ground in that game, he would have wound up with like a 38. But because he threw two interceptions, he had a 36 rating. Imagine that. Think about that. That's incredible. I, I, my mind is blown by, by that I, situation. I'm still wrapping my head about, about what happened. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, he, it's not that he does deserve to be there. I mean, he definitely does. I mean, he was the worst quarterback in, in the league yes, on Sunday, and, and uh, there's no denying it. Um, he just looked horrible. And uh, that is all for the forgetful five. One honorable mention I did want to make, though, the referees at Paul Brown Stadium, um, they missed two calls that were that they, they should have been reversed. Um, Justin Jefferson and, and the replay should really told the story. Justin Jefferson scored a touchdown against the Bengals. Let's just, let's just make that, that fact clear. But the big one was the fumble that wound up ultimately costing the Vikings that football game was not a fumble. And, and the Dalvin cook was down. His ass was on the ground. Uh, he was down. He had control of the football and they called it a fumble when it shouldn't have been a fumble. I guess the issue with this one is um, watching it back. There is no clear for sure cut video that shows that he was a hundred percent down. Well, there was, and that was the thing they, they had a, uh, a video that showed up. It was, it was on the overhead. And as soon as they showed it, the Vikings fans in the stadium and even the Bengals fans in the stadium saying he's down. Everybody saw that he was down. Um, everybody was a little surprised that they called that a fumble and that they continued to call that a fumble. <clears throat> but even the Bengals fans in the stadium were going, he, he's down. The video showed his butt on the ground, him still with control of the football. Um, and, and I'm a simultaneous. Little, I'm a little more perturbed by the fact, and it was a bang, bang type of play. I get it. But, I'm a little perturbed by the fact that even with the definitive football coverage, even with the, the angles that they had in that game, that Dalvin Cook was ruled to have fumbled that football. I really am. But uh, that is all for the, the forgetful five. Now, uh, Tyler, we are, are going to be moving into something a little bit different here. Uh, we're going to wind up jumping into it. We, we have more top things. Um, and, and we, we decided, so we follow the draft pretty closely in this. Uh, we, we follow these, these, uh, draft prospects myself in particular, I follow these draft prospects hard every year come draft time. And I got to tell you, we, this is the first time and it was tough. It was tough finding this, but we're, we're looking at the top 10 rookies and the rookie performances moving from week one. And we're going to follow this moving forward. Uh, it was tough to, to find all of the rookie performances because they aren't headline guys. But I really dug deep to try and find some of them. And uh, I, I even we, we decided that we're going to put up the top 10 rookies, the top 10 rookie performances from week one and create our very own rookie of the year and find out who the rookie of the year was, according to us here on the outside blitz. Um, and we, we went through the list here. 
and some considerations were taken too, like uh, like um, if this early in the season, like you still expect like, a guy who didn't play well, like a Trevor Lawrence, to to end up pretty high. So like this early in the season, that still can take into consideration. But the further along we get, those considerations will be taken less and less. Right. Um. And and so we both created our our very own lists of of guys that we believe that that are top dogs. And we and hold the, honesty. We we have a combined a combined score that that combines the way me and Scott both did them into one total score. Right. And and the way that we we laid this thing out, I think we both um, we both were for the most part on the same page as far as as who belonged where. Um, but the the list uh, and and I mean we can we can start with the outside looking in stuff. Um, really a. I'm I'm surprised at some of the guys that are on the outside looking in, but I, I'm I understand why they're on the outside looking in. So Tyler, without further ado, give us that list. Let, let me let me hear what we wound up coming up with. Totally. All right, the outside looking in, we got five. So that'd be five guys that Scott and I both had on probably only one of our lists, but but they didn't so they didn't rank high enough to fall into the final top ten. And then those are Paulson Adebo. He had himself yeah. a, a decent outing and in, in working his yeah. way up the charts. Three tackles and a pick. He only allowed one catch. Um, it, it was a small sample size, which is why he belongs on that outside mark. But he did look like a very, very solid, strong corner. The kid out of Stanford. Um, a lot of people were making a lot of hubbub about him. He looked good for the Saints this weekend. Najee Harris, who yeah. had a very rough outing. But uh, he's still got so much upside that I think he moves his way up this list. So he's sitting on the outside looking in because he's still kind of expected to fall in that top tier category. Yeah, we're going to see if he's the real deal. Um, I don't know if he is. Uh, right now, fantasy-wise, I feel like I, I dodged a bullet on, on old Najee Harris, to be honest with you. But we'll see. But uh, he's definitely on the outside looking in with, with his performance this past Sunday. Rondale Moore. Moore looked good. Um, he, he had four catches. I, I was, uh, I, I wasn't expecting him to be as involved as he was. And he turned out to be a lot more involved. Um, and, and it, it turned out all right. He had four catches for, I think 61 yards. I want to say he looked good. Kyler Murray likes him. He's a good vertical threat. Um, but he's definitely on the outside looking in. For Sean Slater. Slater was the one that surprised me the most that he fell outside of the top 10. Um, I'm, I'm, he had a 73.5 PFF rating, no pressures allowed, um, no sacks allowed. The guy, he played really good football. Uh, I was, I was impressed now understanding he was taking on Washington who really didn't have much of a pass rush off that edge, but for a first outing for Rashawn Slater, I mean, he, he looked Damn good. I want to see how he does against the elite pass rushers of the league. I'm waiting for that moment, but we're going to see. I, I think Rashawn Slater looked really, really good, though. Um, I was impressed with him. And Kyle and Pitts. Pitts. Yeah, Pitts didn't get uh, as many looks as as uh, I expected him to. Matt Ryan didn't use him as much. Uh, it, it, I, I, he has a, a, a lot of upside. He's got a chance to be on that that uh, in that top ten. I want to see if Kyle Pitts does turn into that real deal that everybody was touting him as. Um, I because I like Kyle Pitts a lot, so I, I want to see what the the Falcons wind up doing and the adjustments that Arthur Smith winds up making to get him more involved in that passing game. 
And, and going in the going top, top 10, top we'll top start at 10. Uh, we'll start with Penny Sewell. Surprise, surprise. Well, um, su- well, surprise, surprise. Um, so Tyler Decker goes down early in the game, and they move Sewell over to the left. And all, all of a sudden, after a whole offseason of struggling at right, which isn't his position, they move him to left in Decker's spot, and he excels. Well, the correction, correction real quick, Taylor Decker actually went down two days before the game. But Sewell was was playing right, and they kicked him to left. He played really well against, um, I mean, some top-tier talent um, against Nick Bosa. And uh, Nick Bosa actually made it a point to come back and say, this kid's going to be a stud. He's going to be a star. He looked really good. Uh, he allowed two pressures. That was that was all he allowed for a rookie against one of the best pass rushers in the league. Um, outstanding play from Panay Sewell. I, I liked everything he did. Um, I was a little surprised. They, they said he was struggling in camp. I was a little surprised that he came out as strong as he did. But he turned out. Well, I think to be- he was struggling at right. So I, I think there, the question here is: I think you have to talk about leaving him at left. Yeah, and and you might be looking for an, a new right tackle at some point, or kicking Taylor Decker out to right if Taylor Decker can handle it, uh, which I think he can, as long as he stays healthy. Because Taylor Decker has always had injury history uh, ever since he's been with the Lions. So um, there's that. Uh, next up, Tyler. Trevor Lawrence had himself a rough outing. He threw three picks, and we're talking to a guy who's, who never threw a pick in his entire college career. This one surprises me because of the three picks and because of how rough of an outing it was against a um, a very questionable Texas Texans team. Um, I did not expect the Texans to put up 37 points here. I did not expect this to be a one-sided blowout. I didn't expect any of that. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, uh, I, I understand why he's here, but at the same time, I would have honestly put him to the outside and probably move Rashawn Slater into his place. Um, he, he wound up getting bumped on my list. I know, uh, by Slater, uh, down to the, just the outside looking in, he would have been number 11 in this situation. I think but, it comes from just the, there's still a high chance he ends up at the top of this list. Right. And, and that very well could be, it depends on, on how things go for the rest of the season. Um, he still put up over 300 yards, still at 300, uh, or I'm sorry, still at three touchdowns. He still didn't look horrendously bad but he was not that number one draft pick that I, I expected him to be. Number eight, Delshawn Phillips comes out and damn near leads the league in, in, in tackles for the first week. Yes. Yeah, I, I was surprised by it. Um, he, he did fall a little bit behind uh, Eric Hendricks and company. Um, Eric Hendricks right now, currently leading the league in tackles with 15. Um, but Delshawn Phillips pops up on that list. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Looking good, looking strong, um, making the plays in the trenches, great in pursuit. This kid looked good, and uh, I want to see if he can continue that um, that moving forward and maybe be one of the next big uh, unsung heroes on the defensive side of the football that nobody's heard of because before this weekend, I hadn't heard of the kid. Number seven, Micah Parsons. Stat line don't show it, but he looked good. He looked strong in that Dallas Bucks game. Um, one thing that that kind of that that we both noticed and it got mentioned was he had that green dot on his helmet. And when he had that green dot on his helmet, that means that he was calling the shots 
in that linebacker position. Which is normal for a middle linebacker to do, but it's not normal for a rookie in his first game. Right. And and here here's Micah Parsons, and I think it shows how smart he is. I think it I think it shows uh, um, just how good he is as a linebacker. And uh, yeah, I I really like this kid. He's he's going to be something special. I think Dallas got a good one. A lot of people were drawing comparisons to to uh, LT and all kinds of stuff, and I don't know about all that. But what I do think is that that he is a stud for that that uh, ailing Dallas Cowboys defense, and uh, he's going to be a guy that if Van Der Esch doesn't work out, that and and one thing I do want to mention about the Dallas Cowboys is, is and I mentioned it and they mentioned it on the the football or on the the Monday night or the Thursday night rather Thursday night uh, cast there, they were saying that that it was funny the the Cowboys were sending out dual. Uh, uh, linebacker looks. They were sending out different linebacker packages every play, and one of them included, you know, they were they were talking about these different guys coming out, but Micah Parsons was included in every single one of those packages, especially when they were doing, doing like the three four looks. Uh, he was out there on almost every play. So I mean, I really do think that Micah Parsons is going to be the heart and soul of that defense uh, moving forward. It's really looking like it. Um, I like him a lot. He's an athletic freak. Great, great kid. Great player. Gotta love it. Number six, Mac Jones. I'm surprised he's under the people that he's under. Um, Mac Jones looked very good in this game. Um, and, and even though they didn't get the W, I think Mac Jones is starting to prove you and I wrong as far as what he's capable of and the type of player he is. And and I, th- I think he's showing us that, that he's the real deal. Um, Bill Belichick obviously believes in him. I don't think he looked very bad, honestly. He he was impressive. So I'm I'm digging Mac Jones right now, even though I'm being proven wrong by him. And even though he plays for the Patriots, who I know you and I both hate with a fiery passion. Um, the kid looks good. He he really does. And and uh I'm I'm surprised because we both shot him out down as a bust. And uh, he's showing that he's definitely not a bust in this situation. Number five, Zach Wilson. Um, deep in a, in a game that wasn't great for the Jets, Zach Wilson looked looked all right. He did. He looked okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say he was some type of world beater. He still. Had, he did have the interception. I would have flip flopped Jones and Wilson here if I it was just me on this list. But given our numbers, uh, that's where they landed. Wilson. Um, he outdueled, and, and as far as stats go, he outdueled Trevor Lawrence, which which I was surprised with, to be honest with you. I thought Zach Wilson, well, was Wilson and Jones did. Yeah, I, but I'm I'm surprised that those guys that Wilson did because he's his mother and all the distractions with Twitter <laughs> and all the other nonsense. I'm a little surprised by the fact that he wasn't more of a distraction on the field. Um, I'm not going to act like he he just tore the house down and and ripped it up. And we'll see what happens when he's taking on like a real team because this week he did take on the Panthers and he only put up 14 points. Yep. I want to yep. see what happens when he goes up against those those big name squads, the Buffalo Bills of the world and the the Miami Dolphins of the world, those type of teams, and, and the Arizona Cardinals of the world. We'll see what happens when he takes on those type of teams and see if he can turn it up and uh, put up more than 14 points. But ultimately, for a first outing. Not a bad showing by Zach Wilson. Number four, Jalen Waddle. Not bad. 
not a world beater. Um, 61 yards and a touchdown. It wasn't horrible. Um, it does get him high enough on the list, I think. I mean, he had four catches. Uh, Will Fuller comes back next week, so you might not even see Jalen Waddle on this list next week. We don't know. Um, it could open things up, or it could just make Will Fuller the primary target and push Jalen Waddle down the depth chart. Will- he'd, have to, he'd have to see how he does because because I'm because it'd be pretty hard for him to completely fall off the list because week one's gonna it's gonna start being weighted a little bit here, but right. But it, it, it it'll be interesting. The big thing is is Devonte Parker um, paced the team in in uh, uh, pass attempts and targets. He paced the team. So I want to see if if he does fall off the list and it does all it becomes the the Fuller Parker show. I want and and a lot of it also depends. Like we know Will Fuller injury prone is all get out. We've seen that for the last several years. I mean, really since we started this pod. I mean, the guy's been hurt constantly. Um, so I mean, realistically, Jalen Waddle to me, um, I I think he's he's rock solid. Um, but. We'll we'll see if he falls off the list. Number three, Eli Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell comes in in a reserve role. This one blew me away. It, it took me by surprise because of the fact that Mitchell, um, he wasn't even on anybody's radar. They've been talking about Trey Sermon as though he is one, you know, running back one B. And, and Sermon was a healthy scratch. Yeah, which is kind of confusing. I think Trey Sermon probably deserved to be out there more than Mitchell. I think if the roles were reversed, Trey Sermon puts up the same numbers, if not more. But uh, Elijah Mitchell looked really, really good against a shoddy Lions defense. Um, I want to see if Elijah Mitchell can do it against, you know, the real deal. Um, if he can go out there against those those higher-end defenses. But he did make a really bad defense look bad. So, I mean, good for him. He, he It's weighted here. He, he winds up really high on the list. Kid looked good. I like him a lot, and uh, yeah, I think he's going to be their number one over there now that uh, Raheem Mostert is out. Number two, Devontae Smith, kind of proving us both wrong and going out there and having a great outing. Yeah, six receptions, 71 and a touchdown. <clears throat> Understand, this was against the Falcons, you know, so I'm not I'm not as panicked about it as everybody, you know, wants me to be. Um he he goes out and, and has a good game against the shoddy Falcons defense that really doesn't have much of a secondary. Um, that team is clearly in a rebuild. They're going to be rebuilding for a while. Smith looked good. Six receptions, 71 in the touchdown. It's about what I expected from Devontae Smith, to be honest with you. Um, Hertz kind of favored him throughout the game. He looked like a number one. Um I think this is a really, really uh, good showing for him against a, a, a weak Falcons team that uh, is going to need to figure something out moving into the next few weeks. And number one, Jamar Chase. Yeah, Chase, uh, that one was painful. Uh, Chase Chase definitely took me by surprise. Um yeah, they and it hurt because he he torched Bashad Breeland on a couple of occasions. I expected Breeland to be far better than he wound up being against this kid, against this rookie, and uh, Chase torched him. There were several occasions, including the the uh, pass just before the the half happened. Um, 
Jamar Chase comes out and and just torches Bashad Breeland down the sidelines, 50-yard touchdown. Uh, he drew a, a uh, pass interference penalty as well from Breeland. Breeland did not look good in this situation. He did not. He did. He looked horrible in this situation. So um, for me, yeah, I, I I think Jamar Chase right here, it, it, it definitely hits. He had uh, 101 yards on the day. Um, five receptions. He had a touchdown, and and he was the favorite target. I mean, outside, I think I think T. Higgins was the only guy that had more targets. Um, but Chase wound up being the preferred target of old Joe Burrow there. So uh, yeah, that's that's uh, I, I think the most accurate. He had the best stats out of everybody. So uh, there we go. But Tyler, um, and that is that is all for our our rookie ratings. Now, Tyler, we've got some. Um, Got some business to get down to after the break. Uh, we're going to take our, our quick break here. And then what we'll do is um, we're going to jump in on the news stories around the league. We're going to jump in with our predictions for this week. And uh, we're going to see what what we uh, come up with and see how we can improve these abysmal records of ours. Because I was embarrassed for week one with what we did. Yeah? Are you not? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean it, doesn't, it doesn't look as bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, no, it was ugly. It was bowling shoe ugly. To only get eight of those games right. I mean, we're, we're talking close to 500 after the first week. That's just, that's just stupid ugly. Um, so with that, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And Tyler, we're going to jump in uh, with our predictions. And we're going to jump in with uh, our stuff around the league. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll be right back right here. On the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Oh, who's yeah, that? He's here. He's here. Yeah, I'm here. The fabulous one, Scotty Praytown, and uh, welcome back to the Outside Blitz, Tyler. We are uh, rocking and rolling. We've gone through our scores. We've gone through the top tens, but we do have some news around the league. Um, and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and get started with some of this news around the league. Um, First and foremost, I wanted I wanted to start with uh, just a little bit of sad news. We had the 49ers and Saints linebacker Paris Harrelson dies at 37 years old. Um, the the uh, reasoning for his passing hasn't been disclosed yet, but um, he was a hell of a player. I do remember him being on those Saints teams. I do remember him being on those 49ers teams. 
uh, solid linebacker, uh, way too young to go. That's only three years older than me. So, I mean, that's way, way too young. Um, great, great player, though. Um, next up, I want to talk about your Ravens, Tyler. I want to I want to say that they went out and they signed Latavius Murray. And uh, Murray did score a touchdown in the Ravens' week one debut. What do you make of this? I think he'll get a little – he's going to warm up as time goes on. I think he played well for only being on the team for a day and a half. Um, so more to come on that. I think uh, Taysom Williams played fairly well getting thrown into a role because uh, Edwards went down on Thursday. Right. But but you also have Bell and Freeman that are also on the practice squad at the moment, and I think it's pretty telling that – Murray came to the main roster right away, and uh, the other two went to the practice squad. Harbaugh did say on Saturday that uh, Bell is the only one of the bunch that doesn't seem to be in pure football shape. Wow. And I'm a little surprised by that, given given uh, the fact that it's Le'Veon Bell. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, a little, little uh, taken aback. But, uh, yeah, Latavius Murray, I mean, he's – I don't completely buy the Latavius Murray experiment. I, I don't think Latavius Murray is going to be as big of a factor as everybody believes. Um, but he uh, of the bunch, I would probably say he's the the best running back of the bunch. Um, so you're you're gotta, he's the only one that's gone through a training camp, right? And that's that's a big deal. So Latavius Murray joins the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think he winds up taking over the number one starting job from Tyson Williams? I don't know that he will, I th- I th- I, but I also don't think that Taysom, Taysom Williams is going to be able to handle it on his own either. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it might be a true split. Yeah, uh, Williams was a um, – he was strangely in a situation where where uh, he – like he got very few carries, especially early on in the game. Like I said the, earlier, the Ravens were throwing the ball a lot. Um, so a little surprised by the fact that there were there were so few um, running plays for old Tyson Williams in that game, but he still made the most of his carries, uh, including a 35-yard touchdown scamper. So um, I like Tyson Williams. Um, I want to see if the Ravens stick with him or if they move him into a change of pace role and let Latavius take the, the bulk of the carries. Um, it is yet to be seen. I know Latavius did got did get signed on very very short notice, so we'll see what he can do. But uh, ultimately, Latavius Murray is with the Baltimore Ravens now, so they've got a slew of running backs um, on that team. Um, next yeah, up, we have- because Murray ended up out carrying Taysom Williams. It was ten carries for Murray and nine for for Williams. Right. So and, they still ran the ball a lot. Just it was, yeah, it was, not, it was not, a lot more split. Yeah, it's definitely not in the way that they normally do. I expect the Ravens to to pound that football. That's what they're known for, and they didn't they didn't necessarily do that as much as they they are are they usually do. Um, Lamar threw the ball a lot, man, a lot. Especially thirties first- a lot for him. Yeah. Um, next up, we had some uh, other signings around the league. We had uh, the Colts extending Naheem Hines to a three year, eighteen point six million dollar extension. Um, I think that's about what he's worth. Uh, I think that was a, a good money signing for them. I definitely agree. He's been, he's been a, a good veteran in this team, and, he's, and I think he's going to be a good compliment. It makes me wonder what's going to end up happening with Marlon Mack. Yeah, it, it really does. I don't think I don't think because of the injuries, I don't think they view Marlon Mack as a starting guy anymore. I think there's there's a lot of questions about whether or not Marlon Mack is the guy, and. Uh, 
Yeah, he he uh, he had the one golden season where he really looked like he was going to be amazing, and Jonathan Taylor has since taken off. Naheem Hines has been more of that change of pace back, but he showed up um, in those occasions when Taylor went down. So I want to see what what uh, they do with Naheem Hines, but I think this is a really good signing for a really high-end backup. He's, he's one of the more high-end backups in the league at the running back position. Am I wrong? I would agree. So uh, next up, the Eagles sign offensive tackle Jordan Melata to a four-year, $64 million extension. Um, I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised by this signing. I think it's a little pricey for Melata. Um, I think he's good, but I don't know if he's great. Um, seemed a little pricey. Maybe maybe it's just me. What do you take? I, I think you're right in this one. I was expecting to be a lot lower of a dollar amount, so I'm curious what they see in him that we don't. Yeah. That's that's the question of the day. I, it, the, the dollar amount didn't seem completely right. But one dollar amount that did seem right um, was the Saints extending uh, Marshawn Lattimore to a five-year, $97.6 million deal. Huge money deal for one of the best corners in the league. However, Lattimore is also week-to-week. He's got bone chips in his thumb right now. Um, but I think this extension was a, a good extension for um, – for the Saints here and for, for Lattimore, I think he gets paid, and rightfully so. He deserves that kind of money. I would definitely, I would totally agree. It's it's crazy how they've figured out this cap space issue over the last year. We've talked about it going the offseason, and somehow they've figured it out. And here they are signing another big contract in a situation where they still don't got a lot of cap. Yeah, the, their cap space has been has been ridiculously low. I don't know if they just have more contracts coming to an end. Who knows? But but my mindset here is is they they must have figured something out. I mean, the, remember they were ninety seven million over the cap uh, moving into this season, and I don't know how the Saints are maneuvering that cap. And frankly, I don't know how in the hell that they're they're winning football games right now. But they are, and uh, it's probably one of the more confusing things um, that I've seen from the old New Orleans Saints. Um, now, we had a, a slew of injuries go on this weekend, um, starting with the Washington football team. They placed wide receiver Curtis Samuel on IR with a groin injury. Uh, that one hurts for them, uh, especially when they also had Ryan Fitzpatrick, their starting quarterback. He's to miss a minimum of three games after suffering a hip injury on Sunday. He was placed on IR. Uh, and Tyler Heineke is set to start for week two. Uh, we talked about it earlier. First of all, Curtis Samuel, I mean, t- first of all, let's say Tyler Heineke. I believe in Tyler Heineke a lot more than you do. Um, I know that. Yes. And and I watched Tyler Heineke in that that playoff game. I know a lot about Tyler Heineke because he's a former Viking. Um, Heineke looks good in the playoff game, and I really want this kid to be successful. I really do. I, I just just not just because he like I'm a homer and because this guy's a former Viking, but because he's 28 years old, he came in out of nowhere, and he played a damn good football game in the playoffs. Um, I like Tyler Heineke a lot in the way he played ball, and I really want to see if he can do that again and still be that that good, solid, strong quarterback. And I think it would be a really good story. I'm legitimately rooting for Tyler Heineke right now. I know um, you are. I, I just see, I just see Matt Flynn. Yeah, and and you might that might be the case. You might be 100% right. Um, but I'm rooting for the guy, and and I don't I don't buy Ryan Fitzpatrick. I haven't bought Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the thing that's going to affect Tyler Heineke the most is losing one of his big weapons. I know he still has Terry McLaurin out there, but Curtis Samuel was set to be one of their their um, you know big targets this year for him or for the quarterbacks there. 
And uh, now that he's out and he's set to miss, you know, some time with, with that injury, how big of a hit is this to the Washington football team? I think it, I think it's a big one. I, I think they're expecting him to be a big part of this team. Yeah. I mean, especially with, with how he played in Carolina last year, I think he had a really good year in Carolina. I think they expected him to possibly even be their number one. I, I don't. I don't know if they're completely sold on McLaurin like like a lot of us are. Um, I'm sold on McLaurin, but well, I think they are too. But it's always good to have another trusty option. Yeah. Um. I. I think. I think somewhat somewhere in their minds, I think they believed because of the way that Curtis Samuel played last year, they really thought that Curtis Samuel was going to wind up being the number one, and uh, I, obviously that's not going to be the case currently. But but I mean, I still think McLaurin is the better of the two. Um, I like Terry McLaurin and uh, I, 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 I really believe that he's the number one there no matter what. I do, too. Yeah. Now, uh, next up, we, we had a couple of injuries for the old Detroit Lions. Uh, they placed Jeff Okuda on IR with a ruptured Achilles. He's out for the year. Huge hit for that Lions defense. I know Okuda didn't play well last year, but the expectation was for him to be the number one corner this year. And, uh, yeah, so much for that. Um, Okuda goes down on IR. He has not had a good start to his career. His first two years, number three overall pick. He's looking like a bust right now. I mean, am I the only one that sees that? So far, it's not been great. Now this injury will keep him out for the rest of this season. You're right. He's he's looking, I mean, very bust-worthy. He's looking like, like, Maybe even like one of the biggest busts in uh, in in recent history here, um, somewhere along the lines of like say Laquan Treadwell. So I mean, it's he's looking very busty here. Um, we also had some injuries for the old Dallas Cowboys. Uh, well, they they had Michael Gallup go on uh, IR with a calf injury. Um, he'll be out for about eight weeks, they say, but uh, we'll we'll see how the, how that goes. Um, they. You know, a lot of times guys will go out on IR for eight weeks and it turns out to be the whole season. You never really know. But, uh, yeah, Michael Gallup goes on IR. I don't find this to be a big hit for the Cowboys, um, given their depth at the wide receiver position. No, I think they're doing just fine at receiver. I don't, I don't see them missing this too much. Right. They, they have, uh, and, and I forget his name off the, the top of my head, but they have a third receiver. Well, their number four receiver just moves up. It's just next man up in that situation. And he looked pretty good. Um, in that home o- or in that uh, opener against uh, the Bucks there on on Thursday night, so I'm I'm pretty confident that they've got the uh, they've got the right guy and they've got the right set of guys uh, moving forward. Um, next up, they also but they did one a, a positive thing for the Cowboys. They activated offensive lineman Zach Martin off the COVID IR list. Uh, this is a big deal for them. Maybe they can get Ezekiel Elliott going a little bit because he looked like shit on Thursday night. Yeah, there, Tyler? No, no I, I'm just I'm just kind of processing. Yeah, it, it. 37 yards, 39 yards, something along those lines? No, it, it, it definitely was not good. It, I, was, it, it, I was amazed by it. But you know what was ironic about it is I was sitting in the, the – uh, I was sitting at Paul Brown Stadium, and I looked over at the screen, and they were they had the who the rushers were like the top rushers for the the season. And at that time, before week one, the week one Sunday game started, he was leading the league in rushing at that point, thirty nine yards. Then the night and day difference here in 
going to the season and what's what's going on here? Yeah, I don't I don't understand what the hell is going on with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he he didn't play very well last year and now he's falling apart this year. I mean, who knows? Who knows what in the hell is going on? He's he's clearly you know missing something, and I don't think he wants to be in Dallas anymore. I think it might be an attitude problem, but Ezekiel Elliott has not been the guy um, that we've known for the last several years uh, as a player. Absolutely not. Yeah, so uh, Zeke, he's having a hard time. Another issue for the Cowboys, though, is offensive tackle Lyle Collins is suspended for five games for a substance abuse violation. Um, So he'll be out for the next five weeks. Um, Lyle Collins, that's a big hit for that offensive line. It's like they they get one guy back and then they lose somebody else for for something stupid. Um, Collins is a good player for them. He's been a good player for them. And, uh, you know, now Zeke is going to, he's not going to be running off the edges. He's going to have to run up the middle. Um, and, and Zach Martin's going to have to lead the way. He's not going to have any of that edge luck along that side with Lyle Collins being down. I think this is a huge hit for them. Oh, this is going to be a a massive hit for them. I'll be curious to see how they, how they course correct on, on this one. Yeah. Especially with the protection of Dak Prescott with, with the ankle injury or the foot injury. Um, with, with everything that went on with Dak and trying to protect him and, and keep him healthy and upright, I think that's, that's a, a brutal injury for them, uh, losing a guy like Collins on that offensive line. Oh, he's been one of the, be- he's been one of the better tackles in, in the league. So, so that, they're going to need to do some shifting around to keep Dak protected. Yeah. Um, next up, another offensive tackle goes down. Taylor Decker, he gets placed on IR with a finger injury. Um, he didn't see action in week one. We talked about this a little earlier. I think they have the right guy in Panay Sewell um, holding up that side of the line. Who knows when Decker's going to be back? But um, Panay Sewell looked good in, 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 a, in, a, in a comfortable position. Yeah, he looked very, very strong in that left tackle position. And actually, um, the the one of, Nick Bosa came out and said, "You're better on the left than you are on the right." So I mean, and he did look better on the left than he looked on the right. Um, I think Panay Sewell is the guy to, to come in and, and take care of business in that situation. I don't really think Taylor Decker is necessary on that team unless they can kick him over to right and he can play right. But it, really, Taylor Decker being lost isn't going to be that big of a hit as long as they have a right tackle to handle that situation with Panay Sewell being kicked over. Yes. Uh, next up, another left tackle going out. This one hurts for the Jets. Mekai Becton is out for uh, – four to five weeks after suffering a kneecap dislocation in Sunday's game. Um, That's painful, especially for Zach Wilson. He's their best offensive lineman. He was great last year. I I mean, very surprised to, uh, to hear that he went down with an injury. He's not a very injury prone guy. I know. And and just think about a kneecap injury. It just kind of gives me the heebie jeebies. Oh yeah. Well, Well, after seeing the whole situation with the kneecap shifting over on, uh, on Patrick Mahomes and, and stuff like that, because we did see that in the past and, and realizing how bad of an injury that is. Um, a dislocated kneecap, uh, it's, it's pretty grody. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, he'll be out for the next four to, four to five weeks. Um, who knows if it's not going to be longer. But, yeah, we're, the Jets are definitely going to miss him. Uh, the Broncos wide receiver, Jerry Judy, he's to miss four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. We know that's a much more serious injury than it sounds like. It, a high ankle sprain sounds more like a, a leg break. It, it, it might be. I mean, it didn't look pretty. 
No. Every time they talk about a high ankle sprain, I mean, basically it's just uh, all that. It's It sounds like, oh, it's just a sprain. No, no, what it really is is it's a near break of your of your shin. That's that's really what they're saying about it. So I mean, I mean, that's, I'm like, wait a minute. So sometimes there could be a fracture break, like a hairline break, and some. There's a long range of what what it could actually entail. Right. So for them to be calling it high ankle sprain, I have my my doubts about about Jerry Judy, um, being back after six weeks, but we'll see. But one guy that we know won't be back for the rest of the season, the 49ers running back, Raheem Mostert, he's placed on IR with a knee injury. They originally said he was going to be out for eight weeks. Um, it's announced today that he's out for the remainder of the season. So uh, he he came out and said, I'm out for the rest of the year. Um, it's a hit for the Niners, but because of their depth at running back and because of their system, I, honestly, I, think, they'll get, I think they'll get through it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think they're they're going to be just fine. I, I don't think the Niners are going to have any sort of issue whatsoever fixing that situation and proving to everybody that that they have a, the most effective run game in the NFL. I don't care who the running back is there. They're going to be successful in San Francisco. 100%. Yep. Now, um, one guy that, that was sort of successful this weekend but wasn't as successful as I would have preferred was Delvin Cook, um, and he kind of got screwed by some referees this week. I know that. But at the same time, I wanted to chat a little bit about what went on with this this Vikings team um, because I went out there to Paul Brown Stadium. Cincinnati's very nice, by the way. Very nice town. I like it out there. But um, going out to Paul Brown Stadium and watching the Vikings, I got to tell you, Tyler, I was not real thrilled. Um, Mike Zimmer comes out this this uh, at halftime during the game. Says that Kirk Cousins is holding on to the ball too long. Shame on him for for Kirk Cousins holding on to the ball too long. Um, shame on Mike Zimmer for throwing his his quarterback under the bus. I mean, really, that's that's what it comes down to. He should have never thrown his quarterback under the bus. Um, here's my issues. Number one, uh, was he wrong in saying that that Kirk Cousins holding in the, on the ball too long? No. Should he come out during halftime and say that? No. That type of stuff you have with a conversation with your quarterback, you know, um, you know, after the game in private. Uh, that's the type of thing that you, you talk to Kirk Cousins about. But here's an issue that I had, and here's my issues with Sunday's game. And I'm going to go on my little Vikings rant because this is what I do, especially you, you got to hear, hear this type of thing last year in week one. Tyler, the Kirk Cousins experiment in Minnesota is a failure and it's over. Am I wrong? Uh, too soon. He, after, after you said that last year, he went out and had a te- another top 10 season and, and, and did just fine on his end. Well, he did, it wasn't top 10. He was 12. But still, I mean, uh, here's, the, here's my issue. Kirk Cousins, he came out and he was a check down Charlie all that game. He came out and, and he, he only had four passes of over 15 yards in that football game. Four. That's all he gave me. Four, eight passes of over 10 yards in 49 attempts. Now, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that Kirk Cousins is, is the, the main reason to blame here for the, the Minnesota Vikings loss on Sunday. Not going to say that because he was a very, very small part of that, especially early on in that football game. Um, he was throwing re- passes behind receivers. He was a check down Charlie. He was making a lot of throws behind the line of scrimmage and then 
And a lot of people are going to say, oh, he had 351 yards and two touchdowns. Look at Kirk Cousins go. Well, a lot of that was predicated on the legs of his receivers. You know, so I, I mean, these people saying that clearly they're not watching the same football game that I'm watching. But Kirk Cousins was a, even though he was sort of a problem, he wasn't the problem. My problem comes in where an offensive line has 10 penalties in the first half. How was that a thing? Four of which came in the first five plays. Three false starts and a hold. Rashad Hill is not a starter in this league. I don't understand where, where anybody in their in their right mind says, <clears throat> oh, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna start Rashad Hill at offensive tackle. That'll do it. No, your star number one draft pick, your your big guy Christian Darisaw, went down. And you don't start him at offensive tackle because he's hurt. So you, you don't start Rashad Hill. You go out and you find somebody that can actually start. Rashad Hill has been a career backup. How long have I been saying this to you, Tyler? You, you have for, for a while since he, he got here. For years. It's been years. Since we started this podcast, I said Rashad Hill is a career backup. And here we are, um, Rashad Hill starting, and he had two holding penalties. He had a false start penalty on him. He was not good. He was horrible. And and as excited as I was about Garrett Bradbury, Garrett Bradbury was horrible as well. That offensive line is atrocious right now. And just when you thought it was going to be retooled and better, they proved that they haven't done diddly shit with that offensive line other than extend Brian O'Neill, which was the only positive move. But every player on that offensive line had a penalty on the weekend. Every player. Even Brian O'Neill had a false start in that game. So there's that. And then, you know, a lot of people are saying the Vikings defense, oh, they, they, weren't, they didn't live up to their expectations. How often were the Vikings on the field on the defensive side of the football? It was a lot. I'll tell you that. It was a fucking lot. And I'm standing here going, what in the hell are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing here? What, what is the, the issue? How in the hell do you... Have your, your defense on the field that long because your offense can't sustain a drive, which leads me to my issue with Clint Kubiak. I have an issue with Clint Kubiak. Um, a lot of people were, were praising Clint Kubiak. Oh, well, he's never called plays before. And, oh, Clint Kubiak, uh, uh, he, he, he was so aggressive. He was so aggressive on the offensive side of the football. He telegraphed a lot of it. He went out there four wide with an empty backfield. Barely used Dalvin Hook Cook throughout the, the whole first part of the game. And you're going to tell me that, that he was a good offensive coordinator and he was aggressive? Who cares? You just signed Dalvin Cook to a five-year, $15 million a year deal. Why is Dalvin Cook only getting eight carries in the first half? It makes no sense. The Vikings lost their identity in that game. And trust me, I get it. Those penalties pushed them back to the point where they were at third and 21 and second and 20 and a, a lot of 20 plus yard situations. But it was an absolute mess. It was an embarrassment. And to be honest with you, at this point in time, it's starting to look like the Mike Zimmer, and it, it's early, but it's starting to look like the Mike Zimmer experiment is over and has failed. I'm looking at this going, and I don't know. It's kind of looking like Zimmer should be out the door after this year. I've lost faith. 
I've officially lost faith in Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer. And 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 I've lost faith in Clint Kubiak. Clint Kubiak has proven he, he's not his dad. He is not Gary Kubiak. Agreed. He, he's not. He is not Gary Kubiak. Because Gary Kubiak ran a wonderfully put-together zone-run scheme. And I think Clint Kubiak is he, – he reminds me of John Filippo when he came in as our offensive coordinator and we were telegraphing pass plays all season long. It's a mess. It's a nightmare. And, and either they get it together, and, and if they start this season 0-4, I promise you Kirk Cousins will be traded at the end of this year. And I promise you that Mike Zimmer will be gone. And for God's sakes, I hope the Vikings have Eric B. Enemy on speed dial because that's the guy I want. If, if Mike Zimmer doesn't fix this thing and the Vikings don't make it to the playoffs and make a run and actually show that they're the Super Bowl team that's been put that they've been put together to be, then they God damn it, they better get Eric Bieniemy into town and start producing an offensive style football team because this Mike Zimmer stuff has not worked effectively as it should be. So that's my my Vikings takeaway from that. That's about it. I think that was a pretty subtle rant, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> so, um, but now, Tyler, uh, we, we've got a, a few more things to go over here. Um, over week one overreactions, that, that was my week one overreaction for the, the Minnesota Vikings, obviously. Um, but uh, week one overreactions. Uh, I got a whole list for you. Okay, well, I, yeah, we'll, I, we'll quick hit them. Yep. It's like week one overreactions. Everything, a lot happens in week one, and, and a lot of people start getting a lot of feelings about different things going on. And I, I gather a, a good list. So just it's going to be overreaction or true. Number one, Jalen Hurts is the real deal, and by the end of the season, will be more coveted than Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Overreaction. I would agree right now. He had a very good first game. I'll give that to him. And as far as that, his first game, uh, I was sh- I was shocked. He, he had a good first game, but we have to remember who he was taking on. This is a... a still very bad Falcons defense. Yeah, very bad Falcons defense that's void of talent. Um, they, they really haven't done anything to address their defense and, and make their defense seem worthwhile. Um, I want to see what happens when he takes on real teams, but no, I don't think he's going to be more coveted than them. I think Jalen hurts is still a bust and I'm waiting for those moments. And and granted, he isn't a new scheme. We see this all the time. You know, a a coach comes in and installs a new scheme and, uh, you know, this, this new head coach here, I I think it was Sirianni. Is it? I, I think he, he got his very first win in the NFL. So good for him on his debut game. But I want to see what what happens when he uh, when he takes on a real team. Falcons offense no longer elite. Currently, I think it's true. Um, the Falcons offense has always been an elite squad, and I don't. But think is it a, is it a one week deal? Or are we going to see the, the the woes continue? I think you're about to see the woes continue. To be honest, I agree. And and I I think. Um, Russell Gage, their expectation for him to be a number two receiver is just not coming to fruition. They're going to have to go out and draft a number one receiver and continue doing what they were doing. Um, uh, you know, like the, the, the Falcons have always had a really good way of picking up once they transfer their number two receiver into the number one spot, 
they always have this way of picking up a really hot number two receiver. They did it with Roddy White and Julio Jones, and they did it with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and now they got Calvin Ridley moved up, but then they didn't pick up that number two receiver. They went the route of going for Pitts instead. They right. could have. I expect them to go after a, a receiver in this draft, uh, a big-time number one receiver. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really um, find that to be, you know, what's killing them right now is the fact that they don't have a number two receiver over there that's worth a damn. And, and Russell Gage isn't the guy. Um, I think you're going to see those woes continue. I think they're going to have to pass the ball all the time uh, because of the fact that they're going to be down all the time. Because their defense is crap, and it's going to be a, a pass-first offense for the whole rest of the season. Um, we'll see if if Calvin Ridley was miscast as a, a number one receiver, but but who knows? We'll, we'll, we're going to find out um, in the coming weeks, um, especially this week. They got a big matchup against the Bucks, so um, I don't think their offense is is elite anymore, though. Bengals to be a true through and through competition in the North. I think that's an overreaction. Um, I think they looked really, really good against an unprepared Vikings team. Um, if the offense with the Vikings was able to sustain drives the way that they should have against a, a very um, underwhelming Bengals roster, I think that that we're ta- we're having a different conversation about the Minnesota Vikings and the Bengals right now. Um, I. I, I don't think there's going to be true competition, but I do think they're going to be a little better than we had anticipated. Yeah, I think they'll be better than anticipated, but not true competition. I think that's a big overreaction. Uh, like I said, the Bengals beat a very under uh, underprepared Vikings team. They were unprepared. They looked bad. Um, and, and Burrow capitalized on a lot of Viking mistakes, and there were a lot of penalties. The, the Vikings beat themselves in that game. They really, they really did. And I think when the Bengals got the W and people are losing their heads about it, let's not forget the Vikings beat themselves in that game and still went to overtime and still had them by the balls before that, that bad call on the Delvin fumble. So the Bengals eked one out. It was an upset. It definitely was an upset. And the Bengals are going to wind up, you know, very middle of the road, six, maybe seven wins. That's about where I've got them. Jimmy Garoppolo will start all season. I think it's accurate, to be honest. Um, as long as Jimmy G stays healthy and keeps doing what he's doing, they have no reason to change. Um, I think it's an overreaction. I, I think I think everyone's getting high and mighty on a, on a Jimmy Garoppolo who's not very good after facing a very bad team. Right. He, he faced a not, a not real good team. Um, Jimmy G has always been a game manager, but this is a run-first offense. That's what this is, and that's why it caters so well to Jimmy G. Um, I don't know that it's an overreaction. Um, I, or I, uh, I, well, I'm sorry, I take that back. I don't know if it's an overreaction that Jimmy G is going to start, but I, I, don't, I don't know that they pull him unless he really does something horrendous, unless he goes out there and starts throwing pick sixes all over the place and, and starts turning in the next Jameis Winston. I don't know that they pull him. And I think Jimmy G has just enough to keep him afloat there, especially with that running game being as effective as it is. Um, I think he could play the whole year as long as he's healthy. Cardinals are the best team in the best division. Best team in NFC West. Cardinals beat a, a 
an unprepared Titans team. Um, I think Matt Stafford and the Rams looked all, uh, very calm and collected. I want to see what happens when they go head-to-head. Um, I think this one's accurate in the sense that the Rams, while I love Stafford, I think the Rams look great. The Rams beat a Bears team in which the Cardinals wouldn't beat one of the uh, higher echelon teams in the NFL. Right. I want to see if if the Rams, like I said, we, we always talk about these head-to-head matchups and how the, the division plays the, each other differently. Um, I want to see how the Rams play the cards. And I want to see if the, the Rams' defense handles the Cardinals' offense the way that they handled the Chicago offense. If the Rams' defense can do what it did against Chicago, I, I think it's the Rams' division to lose here. The Browns' Chiefs is, a, is, a, is just a preview of the AFC championship. I don't think that that's unheard of. I think this could be because of how close they played and how effective the Browns were. The Browns had the Chiefs by the balls. They really did. And, and the Chiefs, they, they capitalized on, on a lucky, lucky uh, uh, play, and, and they, they got away with it. Um, the, the, the Browns lost a tough one. And I, 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 right now, with how good the Browns look, this could very well be the, the, the preview. That could be it. Who knows? But, I mean, could you imagine the, the Cleveland Browns in the Super Bowl? It'd be something. That'd be interesting, especially because we've seen them go 0-16. So it, it has yet to be seen, but I, I do think that the, the Browns do have an opportunity to uh, show up in that AFC title game. And, you know, they, they gave people a lot of hope last year when they wound up in the playoffs. So time will tell. And then almost beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. Right, and almost beating them here. So we're going to see if they can get over the hump this year. Jameis Winston leads the Saints to the playoffs. I think it's an overreaction. I think Jameis Winston only threw for 150 yards. Yeah, he had five touchdowns, and and that's something to just ooh and ah over. He didn't have a lot of yards. <clears throat> what was that? He didn't have a lot of yards. Yeah, he only had 150 yards. I think I think the uh, it's going to be more about Alvin Kamara leaving the, leading them to the the playoffs yeah. as opposed to you know Winston. But you know he had a good game. Was it a great game? No. But it was a good game. So, I mean, good for him. Let's see what happens and how the Saints handle their business. But Jameis Winston isn't really leading that team right now. Jameis Winston is just kind of a role player in that team. And I think that's how Sean Payton wants it. Teddy Bridgewater takes the Broncos to the playoffs. Now, this I could see. Um, The Broncos, yeah, they beat a bad New York Giants team. I get it. But the Broncos do look rather effective. Bridgewater looks like he's he's handling business well. I could see them being like a low-end playoff team, eking their way in, you know, the six or seven seed. Um, I could see that. I can see that being a thing. Um, and, and for Teddy's sake, because I do like Teddy Bridgewater, I hope that is a thing. Um, I, I think they'll if they do make their way in, it'll be on the lower end and uh, they'll get eliminated early on, but I could see it happening. The Ravens' defense will finish in the bottom 10. That's kind of ballsy, but they didn't look good. Um, they looked good early, and then they kind of fell apart against the Raiders. So I, see, I don't know if, if Derek Carr is, is you know, 
just Mr. Clutch or what because he has 25 game-winning drives and all this other stuff. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. The Raiders always have this tendency to just randomly beat a team that they shouldn't be beating. I mean, we both picked the Ravens in this this matchup. Um, I think they're they're hurting without their star player Marcus Peters on the field. And I think that's the big thing is I think in the second half they picked on the number two corner, and I I think the Ravens didn't have a lot of time to account for losing Peters, and I, I so I think it's an overreaction. I, I think Ravens will account for it and, and adjust. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're going to continue to be top five, but I think they'll make the adjustments to account for the weakness that at corner two. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I I think they'll I don't think they're going to wind up bottom ten, but they'll they'll wind up in the I'll say in the upper fifteen. I'll say they'll be in the top half of the league, but it's going to be a a bit of a dip for them um, not having that that big time number one corner. I would, yep, I'm right there with you. The Raiders have finally come alive and will go to the playoffs. That could very well be. Um, I think Ter- Derek Carr took a minute to to find his stride. Um, the Raiders look good. Um, if they do, I think they're on the same wavelength as the Broncos. If they do make it in, I think they're a low playoff team, uh, five, six, seven seed. I, I think they're going to be a lot. You know, if they do, you know, eke it in. Um, Derek Carr making it to the playoffs that would be fun. I always like Derek Carr. You and I have always big been big on Derek Carr. Um, I called Derek Carr. I said he was going to be a star when he got drafted into the league. Um, and he's been a starting quarterback. Has he been great? And that is yet to be seen. That year I predicted that he was going to be great. He had MVP caliber numbers. Remember that. He was in the MVP talk before he got hurt. Um, I think Derek Carr could wind up uh, being a playoff caliber quarterback if he plays like he did on, on uh, Monday night. Yeah, I, th- I think you could be talking about Derek Carr in the playoffs. And, and that would be an exciting time. And if Josh Jacobs continues playing the way he played, yeah, you're, you're going to be talking about the Raiders. Um, I also want to talk about that, that Raiders defense real quick. That, that defense was extremely stellar. Max Crosby was. Max Crosby. He was outstanding on fucking Monday night. Incredible. You and I were both going, wow, this guy's getting in there. He was causing all kinds of ruckus. Um, he's probably one of the best defensive players in the league right now. And uh, I think he could lead that Raiders team into uh, into the the playoff realm. Um, and all they got to do is keep finding those pieces, and and we've got a team. And another guy that, that no one's really talked about except for the one story, which is doesn't really matter. But Carl Nassib also showed up. Yeah, yeah, he showed up. And holy shit, he he played very well in complement with uh, Crosby. Right, and obviously we know about Darren Waller as well. Waller had 17 targets, I think, 19, 19, 19 targets, just some insane number. Um, they've got to get another receiver over there. I think for them to actually be contenders for an AFC title or a Super Bowl, they've got to get a real receiver over there, a pass catching receiver. Ruggs is a, a deep threat, but that's all they've got. They Hunter Renfro, they need a one. Yeah. Hunter Renfro isn't going to get it done. They need to get a pass catching receiver over there a possession because if the ravens had the had the uh because they they were also without jimmy smith yesterday mind you if if ravens had had jimmy smith and and marcus peters um darren waller would have gotten shut down shut down yeah they would they would have saw right through it and taken care of it they they, they just don't have the 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 talent to 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 execute yeah they they kept hitting that mismatch there was a big mismatch there um particularly with uh 
And uh, they kept getting Chuck Clark with Darren Waller. And Clark made a couple of good plays on the ball, but Waller was was picking on him a little bit, and and he got away with it. Big size difference. Yeah, and that's what they try to do. You get that that one on one safety tight end matchup, and and that's kind of what they fire at. So um, Derek Carr did the right thing, um, and Derek Carr looked damn good. I mean, he he did. Could the Raiders be in the playoffs? Yeah, I think they could, but I think they're bottom of the bottom of the barrel there. Aaron Rodgers played poor on purpose and a trade will still happen. I think that's an overreaction. There's a lot of people saying it. I've heard this this a million times. Um, if a trade if he does continue to play this bad, I think you could see a trade. And you know what I think? I think you could see it an interdivision trade. I think the Vikings will try and make a, a play at Aaron Rodgers, given the fact that that Kirk Cousins is playing so poorly. Um and they there's could, no way they'd trade him in the division. I, I think they could. And and uh, and I, a lot of people think the Packers wouldn't, but the Packers are are if they see Rodgers playing that bad, they might do it. And if they do do it, I'll be thrilled. The AFC East is wide open. The Bills are nowhere near the team they were last year. I don't think that's an overreaction. I think that's that's actually pretty accurate. The Bills, they did exactly what we told them not to do on this show. We told them and and uh, we told them that they needed a running back. And I want to point out that one of my 10 bold predictions this year for this year, and I kept them, I got it right in front of me. The Buffalo Bills will regress and will have legitimate competition from the New England Patriots. Team will re- teams will recognize the lack of a running game and will handle their offense, the, the Bills offense, in the same fashion the Chiefs handled them in the playoffs. They'll win the division, but wind up with the three or four seed, barely edging out the Patriots. Now, I understand the Patriots lost um, to to Miami this past week. But I also do think that the Bills are going to regress, and I do see teams playing their defense the way that Kansas City did. They figured out the Bills' offense, and they, they, they're dropping into coverage. They're doing a lot of zone, and they're not giving um, – the, the Bills the opportunity to throw the ball as effectively as they'd like. Stefan Diggs still had himself a decent game, but that was about it. Um, I, I think it's an overreaction. I, th- I think the Bills went out and faced the number one divi- number one defense in football from last year, and I, th- I think they, they kind of hit a brick wall, and I think they'll, they'll regroup. I think they do regress, but I don't think it's gonna, the division's going to be close. Were the Steelers the number one defense last year? Or I think there were two. Yeah, they, I knew they the were Rams. I didn't know if they were one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I You'll have to it's wait. It's still a hard wall to hit in week one. Yeah, exactly. And last but not least, Lamb and Cooper to finish as the best duo in football. I don't year. think this is an overreaction at all. I think that it's 100% possible watching the two of them play um, against a very stout Buccaneers defense. Um, it's... It, I think they looked incredible. C.D. Lamb kept getting open. He got over 100 yards. Coop had, what, did he have over 200? He was pretty close. Uh, 139. 139. So 139, Lamb had over 100. They they had, each had touchdowns. Lamb had one. Cooper had two. two. Dak, Dak was throwing the ball all over the place. I love it. I, I think, I, and I as much as I hate the Cowboys, and I know people out there hate the Cowboys, um, you know, the fact of the matter is they, they played good ball and those two guys balled out. So I don't think it's an overreaction. I think it's very possible that both those guys wind up uh, looking like a thousand yard receiver receivers and they're both going to have high touchdown numbers and they could wind up being the best duo in football this year. I totally agree. So now 
are those the overreactions? That is it. That is it. Well, we've got um, one more thing to jump into, Tyler. And uh, it's our week two predictions. Um, we didn't do very well last week. I know that. I know you're yep, trying. You're down by one. Yeah, I, I know you're trying to say, ah, you know, we did fun. No, no, no. We didn't do very well last week. Let's face that fact. Um, but, but we're at what? I'm at seven. You're at eight. Is that my, my understanding? You're at eight. I'm at nine. Okay. So eight and nine wins. Jesus. So um, we're going to be jumping in here. Week two uh, predictions to close out the show. Tyler, are you ready? Let's do it up. All right. Here are your predictions for week two in the NFL, starting off with the Thursday night football game, the Giants and the Washington Redskins. I'm going to go ahead and go Washington here. I think Tyler Heineke comes out firing. I don't see it. I'm going Giants. Oh, I think the offense starts to starts to click a little bit. Yep. A lot of people are waiting for it. They guys still have a lot of guys on the injury list, but I'm hoping uh, for the Giants sake that they they do get a few of those guys off. But I think Washington all day, this Washington defense is going to be too much for the Giants. I'm calling Washington. Um, Next up, you got Raiders and Steelers. This will be a good one, especially the Raiders coming off of the game that they just came off of. Steelers, they they didn't win their game by a whole lot against Buffalo. I think the Raiders are a completely different team. Um, I think they're hot coming off. I'm going to go Raiders here. I'm going Steelers. I I, I think the defense can be too much for them. Yeah, the Steelers' defense did look good against the Bills, but I I think the Bills have proven that they're a one-trick pony in the passing game. So I think the Steelers had it easy. I think the Raiders are going to be a different animal here. They're going to have a hard time stopping Josh Jacobs and company. Next up, this will be a good game, 49ers and the Eagles. Um, both teams coming off wins, big wins uh, against bad teams. Um, I'm going to go with the Niners here. I'm going 49ers as well. I, I think they'll get the job done. I think Eagles are going to struggle against a better defense. Right. I, that's what I'm thinking. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be brought back down to earth. I'm going with the Niners. Uh, next up, you got Texans and the Browns. I'm going with the Brownies on this one. Um, I think the Texans, you know, it was an anomaly. They were taking on the rookie and they were taking on Jags. I'm going with the Browns. I think the Browns are just going to Browns here too. Yeah. Uh, Next up, you've got the Broncos and the Jags. I'm going with the Broncos. I'm taking Broncos as well. Jags got a lot to to do to prove me otherwise right now. Right. Uh, Next up, Saints and Panthers. Um, I'm going with the Saints here. Um, I, I'm not completely sold on Jameis Winston, but I'm more sold on Sean Payton than I am on the Panthers right now. I'm going with the Saints. I'm taking Panthers. Yeah. You I think, think so? in, in the next game, um, Sam Darnold looks even more comfortable. Wow. Gutsy. Um, next up, I'm going, it's going to be Rams and Colts. Uh, I'm going to go ahead with the Rams. Matt Stafford does more damage. Uh, I completely agree. Rams are going to look great in this game. Yeah, and, and the Colts' defense is not looking as good as it did uh, last year. Uh, next up, you got the Bills and the Dolphins. This one's going to be a toughie now that we've seen the Bills get exposed. I don't know that the Dolphins I, I don't know the Dolphins can stand up to the Bills, but I'm not sure. I'm going Bills, Bills, Bills. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bills here. I think that's where I'm headed. I think that's, that's probably the, the safe bet. I don't know that the Bills are going to get pounded two weeks in a row. Um, next up, the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, the Jets didn't look half bad, but the Mac Jones, I think, looked a little bit better. I'm going with the Patriots against the Jets here. 
Yeah, I'm going Jets. I'm going with Josh Wilson. Zach Wilson's a better player. Wow. We're getting across the board here. It's getting a little insane. Yeah. Um, next up, we got the Bengals and the Bears. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Bengals here. I don't think the, the Bears Bengals. are going to... I'm going play. Bengals, too. Yep. Uh, follow that up with the blowout of the week, or one of the blowouts of the week. Uh, the Buccaneers versus the Falcons. I'm going with the Bucks here. Bucks all day. Yeah, that's not even a question. This could be another big blowout here. The Cardinals and the Vikings. I'm going with the Cardinals. I'm taking Cardinals right in the hot streak. Yeah, I think they're red hot right now. Uh, next up, you got the Titans and the Seahawks. Uh, the, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I don't think the Titans look good, and I think it's going to get ugly. I think the Titans figure it out. I, I'm going to go Titans. Yeah, and they could very well do that. The Seahawks defense isn't that good, but I, I just feel like that Seahawks offense is is so similar to the Cardinals' current situation. Titans are going to have to figure something out. Um, next up, Cowboys and the Chargers. That's going to be a good name, a good game on uh, Sunday afternoon at 4:25. That'll be an exciting one. I'm going Cowboys here. Um, I, I think Justin Herbert's going to show up, but I think the Cowboys are just going to rip them up. I'm going Cowboys as well. I, I think uh, Chargers started off a little sluggish, and I think the Cowboys are going to continue playing red hot. Right. And then we've got the probably the game of the week right here, Chiefs and Ravens. Um, I know you dread this one. Well, it's not the game of the week in, in, in the way they're playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Chiefs and Ravens, Sunday night football. I'm going with the Chiefs here. Taking Chiefs as well. Yep. And then last but not least, Monday Night Football. I mean, this could wind up being the Lions' first one of the year. Lions and Packers, Monday Night Football. Um, I'm actually going to say <laughs> I'm going with the Pack, but I'm, I'm treading lightly. I, I'm picking the Packers, but I really don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to with the way Rodgers has been playing. Um, but I'm going with the Pack here So on Monday Night Football. And those are your predictions for week two of the NFL. Tyler. Um, well, we, we did our first uh, Skype cast, I guess you could say, and it seemed to work pretty darn well. See, so far, so good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, you know, and we, we'll be able to do these more often uh, on time because there have been several occasions where we've had to do it after the Thursday night game. Now we can do things remotely. It's going to be pretty exciting. We're I like up, it. Moving up in the world with this technology shit. Little by little. Yeah. So uh, we, we got that in the books. Uh, week two, just around the corner. Um, just want to give a quick shout out to a few of our our sponsors. It's your time massage. Tyler, have you gotten a massage yet? No, I'm planning on scheduling one soon. Good. You need to get a freaking massage. Um, also want to give a shout out to uh, Face Kicked Apparel. Face Kicked Apparel. You pick it, they stick it. Sean Stockmeyer. Great, great, great guy. Um, and, uh, he does work well. You can get beanies, shirts, hats, pants, anything you want, um, over at facekickedapparel.com. Um, so gotta love that. And Tyler, we are, I mean, we're cruising right into the NFL season. Week two is right around the corner. Very excited. And, uh, I hope you're as excited as I am. Oh yeah. I'm open for a little bit of a rebound here for Ravens, but it's not looking very good for either of our teams in going into week two. Nope, I, I'm. It's starting to look. I'm. I'm starting to. To. I, I know it's overreaction week here. I know we we overreact after week one, but I just want to point out that right now my overreaction 
is, uh, you know, the Vikings are not a playoff team. Zimmer will be gone after this year. Kirk Cousins is going to be gone after this year. It's going to be complete, you know, house cleaning. And I think that's where we're headed right now. Time will tell. Yeah. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening to the Outside Blitz. Um, for my host, my co-host, the titillated Tyler Dean, myself, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.